Come on up. Eric Soderberg is one of our elders who's not on staff. He's uh, out in the working world, and he's going to bring the message to us this morning. Always great to hear from you. Thank you, sir. Take it away. Uh, good morning, everybody. Wow, I even got a wave. That's, that's lovely. It's so fun to come and speak up here because it's such a usually mostly friendly group. Um, so, yes, my name is Eric Soderberg. And uh, my uh, wife is Janice Soderberg. There she is. Uh, we have a, we've been here at PBC for about 30 years now. And uh, I like that prompt about being about faithfulness, remembering where God has been faithful. We sang, or we didn't, I don't think we sang, but Great as Our Faithfulness was at our wedding 32 years ago. And I always think back to that, about his faithfulness to us in being together and all that time. We have one daughter, um, I can't remember how old she is, she's in her 20s, and 27, and she got married uh, a couple years ago to Aaron, and we have one grandson, he's named Gabriel, so that's kind of the phase of life. I'm a grand, we're grandparents now, so I'm kind of qualified now, I think, to be an elder, finally. Um, and, the, right, so uh, we mentioned this summer we're doing the fruits of the Spirit. So this is coming from a passage in uh, the New Testament. So the Bible's got the Old Testament part, which is larger, and then the New Testament part comes later and is smaller. In the New Testament, there's the Gospels, story of Jesus, and then there's all these letters that Paul and, and Peter and other people write to the churches. And if you read these letters, you realize, man, the churches just have so many problems, and all of these letters are there for our benefit because there's a lot of issues within the churches that uh, Paul and Peter and the other apostles had to straighten out. So if your expectation is that, man, Jesus is fantastic, so church should just be like heaven on earth all the time, it's not really that way, is it? And so it's important for us to study these letters, not to be like, ah, man, this is we're so messed up, but more like, you know, this is part of how God's working in us and through us to get us to be where he wants us to be. He's trying to grow and mature us. So these letters are for us to learn something from about how to be a church together and how to, how to serve him. So this particular book of Galatians, one of the things that the issue that the writer was getting at was there were some people in the church coming and saying, hey, there's a bunch of stuff from the Jewish law you guys aren't doing, uh, like getting circumcised and other things, and you need to keep doing those things. And there was this tension between people saying, well, wait a minute, I thought we weren't having to live under the law anymore. So there was conflict within the church over this. And at the part of the book we're going to talk about, Paul has two lists, one called the deeds of the flesh, which are uh, behaviors like enmity and strife and other things. And this is within the church, right? There's like tribes in the church. It's not a new thing. And that's, that was an issue then. And so when we're behaving with these certain deeds, that's because our flesh is operating. And there's this other list of fruit of the spirit, which he gives as a contrast saying, well, this is how you should be behaving with each other. So what we're doing this summer is going through this list of the fruit of the spirit. And this morning will be on kindness The last four, we did love, joy, peace, patience, kindness right in the middle. For the chiastic of you, that must mean the most important one. So here we are. And uh, I want you to think back over the last four weeks, if you were with us, uh, anything, just think back to yourself, anything that struck you from any of those times. 
just as a way of refreshing. I think the one that was that spoke the most to me and was strongest was the sharing time after the one on joy, where so many people talked about that joy came out of some struggle, some some difficulty. Some, like you couldn't really experience joy fully unless you had had some kind of trial or, or tribulation in your life. So just the, that that's part of how the fruit works among us is by sharing that, we like go, oh, wow, yeah, God does work through that stuff. So, so what is fruit, and why fruit? Why is it fruit of the Spirit and not vegetables of the Spirit or beverages of the Spirit or something? So think, I want to remind us back to the story of creation in Genesis. Genesis chapter 2, it talks about, uh, God talks about creating the trees and that the trees bear fruit, and that they are pleasant to the sight and good for food. The two aspects I want to call our attention to is they're beautiful, right? Fruit, fruit is just like you ever, like fruit is like almost as cool looking as a flower. Like it's, and this was fantastic. Somebody carved this out of an apple, which I thought that makes the apple even more cool looking. And, and it, it's like, you look at that and you go, I don't know if I should bite into that because then it won't look so cool anymore. And the point I'm getting at is there's this mixture of heart reaction to fruit where it's like, ah, that's it's just cool looking if you stop and look at it. But it's also super useful and, and helpful, right? You can eat it and it fills you up and it tastes good. And some fruits, maybe not so much on the taste good side or smell good side. Is anybody a durian fan in here? That is the nastiest smelling fruit I've ever heard. I can't believe it. You just have to push through the smell to get to the eating. And the eating's great, but the smell is terrible. Anyway, I digress. Um, so the two concepts, fruit is, is something beautiful and something that's, that enriches us. And I think those are things that are going to play out then in the fruit of the spirit, that the things that we're talking about this summer are things that are both beautiful in their own right, but they also have a purpose, and we look at them and are... And are enriched by them. So kindness is a little different from the other ones um, in that some like uh, maybe joy is sort of you're a feeling, you're reacting to something, you experience joy or um, uh, self-control, right? That's, that's kind of an inward thing. So some of how we feel within ourselves. Kindness is kind of is, is, uh, distinctive in that it's an action, so you, you can't have kindness without an action. You can't just think, you could think, I guess you could think kind thoughts, but if they don't ever produce anything, that's not actually being kind. So kindness means something happens. You, you do something, something is done that you receive um, in some way. But to, to detail it out a little more, I also want to spend a couple minutes talking about it, what it isn't exactly. Because uh, when I started thinking about this and talking about it with people, they would say, oh, well, isn't it just being, like, friendly? Is it, like, just being nice to people? Right? Is, are these, is that what kindness is? And it's not that we don't want to be friendly. It's not that we don't want to be nice. But they're not, that's not really the essence of what kindness is. Right? Just smiling at people all the time and, and doesn't, it's deeper than that. And I'm trying to get us a little deeper than that. The other thing that people might think kindness is, well, just, like, being, like, taking care of something for somebody, right? Providing something for them. But it's not, uh, it's not just that, because there's also that other uh, 
some other aspects to it. So I'm going to pitch that there's three key elements of kindness. One is that it's helpful. It actually does something. It's not, it's not always abstract. It's, uh, it meets a need. It's useful in some way. And the second is that it's personal. It's individual. right? You don't really say, like, the government reduced my taxes, so the government was kind to me. You just don't use it that way. It's very much personal, like with another person, right? Oh, that, that person was kind to me, or I received kindness from them. Uh, and then the third element, uh, which isn't as obvious at the beginning, is that it's unexpected. An act of kindness sticks out as being kind because it's, you didn't have to do it. Like if somebody wasn't if you weren't kind or somebody wasn't kind to you, it's not sort of like, well, you should have been kind. You were supposed to be kind in that situation. Kindness doesn't really work that way. Kindness is more distinctive for, oh, you were just kind to me. I wasn't expecting that. There's this element of surprise in it, right? So we'll come back to these three things about it's, it's useful, helpful, it's, it's personal, but there's also some, some richness in it the way it's unexpected or... Uh, not something you would necessarily think would happen. Um, There's a quote from Mark Twain that hits at the depth of this. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear. Pause and think about that for a sec. And the blind can see. It's something you feel. If somebody is kind to you, it's something you go, ooh, that, that, it didn't just like take care of something for me. It like, they, they know me, like it hit me somehow, and I wasn't expecting that. There are these, these kinds of elements about it. So what I want us all to do, what I want you to do, is now think about just some story, it could have been today, it could have been 10 years ago, about when you have received kindness, when someone has been kind to you. Just pause, think about that for a moment. Think of it kind of hits those elements. Maybe it does, maybe it's not so obvious. A one in the first service I would ask I asked people like, oh, you know, tell me some of your stories afterwards. I got so many stories that I'm I'm just gonna pick one just to illustrate some aspects of it. And I'd love, of course, to hear some of the stories you guys might have. Um, but I'd also encourage you after the service, or like somebody says, Oh, what'd you do at church today? Like, oh, we talked about kindness. Oh, well, like. Tell whatever, whatever the story is you just thought of or that comes to mind, tell the story of, of receiving kindness. And we'll get into why it's important to tell each other these things. One that somebody told me was they had, in the pandemic, they were walking around their neighborhood and decided to get to know some of their neighbors because people were a little more lonelier, ended up connecting with them on Facebook a little bit. They just sort of reached out. And, you know, Facebook tells you when somebody's birthday is. And so uh, this woman would decide, oh, well, I'll just get a birthday present and bring it to them. She didn't think it was a big deal. The person she brought it to was floored and said, no, I have not received a present on my birthday for 30 years. And there's a couple key aspects of this, friend, back to our list of things. The person who gave it, it's not like it was a big deal to, to her, but the person who received it experienced it as something that was super valuable, it was really helpful in a deeply personal way. And there was that personal connection. They knew each other. 
It's not like somebody just mailed her a package who she didn't know. It's somebody that knew her, and it was totally unexpected. If she hadn't done it, it'd be like, well, it's year 31, right? There's, no, there's nothing about the unexpected side of it. So just a, just a, a little taste of it, and there's, it's beautiful to hear all, a bunch of other stories on this side. And where, the reason we want to tell each other these stories and reflect on some of this is because it helps us connect it with how God has been kind to us. And I realize that is a very big jump to go from a little act of exchange with people to God being kind to us. But there's a, a, a quote that Paul puts in Romans. Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness, that's God kindness, and tolerance and patience, that's another fruit of the Spirit, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? In other words, we have an an inclination for some reason to not regard acts of kindness as being very, eh, yeah, whatever. We we don't realize how valuable they are, and we don't realize how valuable God's kindness is towards us. And that's something we we continually need to be reminded of because it leads us to repentance in this verse, right? But it helps us remember how much we had... We, we were helpless, like God, God wasn't personal. We felt alone or we were stuck, like we weren't expecting anything. All of those things would describe us and God reaching out to us, communicating with us individually, knowing us personally is what demonstrates his kindness to us and then causes us to respond to him. And telling our stories to each other both reminds us you know, that, hey, it doesn't have to be in this rut I think I can't get out of, but it also reminds us of how God has been kind to us and pulls us back in better relationship with him. So this sounds great, I would hope. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind if people were, like, I just got some kindness every day. Why don't we dole out the kindness, though? Right, you'd think, oh, this is such a good thing, it's so positive. What, what? Why do we avoid kindness, right? Think about that for yourself. Why do you avoid being kind? Or what, what, why aren't we sort of kind all the time to everybody almost? And I'm not setting that as a standard, but just to think about why, right? why, why aren't we? It's just kind of true with a lot of the fruit of the Spirit. Well, why aren't we more patient? Well, why aren't we more loving? Why don't we experience more joy? But specifically on kindness. So think about that for a sec for yourself. This, this is another case where I asked in the first service for people to say, hey, I'm going to give you a few ideas I had, but please you know, let me know some more so you guys are going to benefit from some of the first service uh, commentary. So a few things that popped into mind for me and from some of the conversations I had leading up to this was kindness is inconvenient. It's like, you know, I got my plans. I got what I'm doing. I got my plan for the day. Something comes up. it doesn't really fit what I was planning to do. Or I've saved this money for whatever I'm saving the money for. Something comes along, well, that wasn't in my budget, or that's not, it's not the way I'm trying to direct everything. So there's that. There's kind of a lack of empathy, right? This personal connection with somebody in order to, you know, for it to really be kind, it'd be like, hey, you know me, you saw me, you, you listened to me. 
it just takes work to notice people and to see them and listen to them, to really empathize with them, right? And it's so interesting how much of our culture today, especially the technology stuff Steve mentioned, is about, you know, us. Well, these were chosen for you, or this is what you need to watch next, or this is, you know, my ads are tailored to whatever I'm watching. But this idea that it's all about me and I need to optimize my life and I need to do everything that makes the most sense for me sort of goes against the, well, you know what, I'm going to forget about myself for a while, and I'm just going to go get to know somebody else and understand what's going on with them. We don't tend to do that, as some people do. Actually, those of you who are really good at this, love you guys. Um, Not always natural for me. Um, Some, it's like, well, if I help somebody out in some way, you know, is it really going to help? There's some systemic issue there. There's some other underlying problem or a long-term thing. Am I just enabling something? It's amazing all the different things we can talk ourselves out of. Some of the other ones that came up that were great were, well, that person's not in my tribe, right? I'm I'm good with, you know, being kind to to my people, but I'm not going to be kind to the other guy or the, the... the other political belief, the other position on church music or how the ceiling's painted, the other position on pews or chairs to be church-ish, right? But even, even out in the world, right, there's this, well, I'm happy to be kind to, to my, my kind, but how am I going to, how would I, I need to be kind to people who aren't like me. And that's, that's daunting. We have this built-in resistance, resistance to that. Um. And Paul, where Paul's trying to get with some of this deeds of the flesh versus fruit of the spirit is to point out to us how hard it is to do these things. And he gives these lists to help us just understand our condition, right? So a little bit later in Galatians, right after this, he sums it up this way. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So what does it mean to sow to the flesh? It's, uh, you know, what, what is sowing? It's, it's planting, it's watering, it's nurturing, it's helping to grow. Like sowing to the flesh is the stuff I was talking about, right? To... Uh, do what you want to do, when you want to do it, the way you want to do it, for the outcomes you want to achieve, for the plans you have, for et cetera, et cetera. And the more you sort of feed, spend all your time feeding into that, suddenly that's going to become, it's like the, anybody ever watch the Veggie Tales, the rumor weed? Does anybody remember that one? From the, Yeah, I got some nods and some hands. Yeah, a few of you guys, yeah, guys. That was outside of that era, right? Like, that's funny you watch Veggie Tales. That was a little after my time. Um, but the rumor weed was something like, it's something you feed, and then it grows. And sometimes it grows, and well, not, that wasn't where I was expecting it would grow. And in this way, saying, if you're sowing to the flesh, that's just going to reap this deeds of the flesh stuff. It, it's going to be strife. It's going to be contentious. It's because it's all about, everybody's battling for their own stuff. They're all self-focused. We are. So what does sowing to the spirit look like then, in contrast? It's kind of it's sort of like the churchy answer to this phase, right? Praying, right? Spending time with the Lord, letting, getting to know him. And praying, not just like, oh, I need to pray, so I'll you know, say grace before a meal. But praying 
you know, authentically from the, your soul, like what, what troubles me, what excites me, what am I thankful for? Like really telling these things to God, reading his word, and not just like, well, I sort of, you know, read the five passages I really like and I keep rereading them, but just going places with him and seeing what he does with you, with you in that. And then being in community with each other, telling stories to each other, helping us remember things. It's amazing how many times God reminds us to remember because we're so bad at remembering. Janice will confess I'm absolutely terrible at remembering almost everything. Like, so yes, you know, I'm, I'm not so good at this. Um, and I say all these things about the sowing, and I brought this passage up because I don't want us to think, oh, yeah, kindness is good. Yeah, we're in church. I'm supposed to be more kind. Okay, I'm going to drum up more kindness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, whatever that is, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to beat myself you know, over the head if I'm not being kinder. I'm going to be kind like at 1.30. I'm going to be kind. I know it. It's going to happen. It doesn't work that way. It's the sowing to the spirit yields the fruit of kindness. There's this indirection. It's praying, God, um, maybe I don't know how to be kind. You know, I'm probably, I, I can be kind in a few things, but maybe I'm missing something. And it's hearing, I'm going to listen to other people and how kindness works out in their lives. And somehow something's going to grow from that, just from doing those kinds of simple things. And so my challenge for us this week is to let the spirit stretch your kindness muscle. Okay, what do I mean by that? There's a, lot, there's a few things going on there. One, we don't manufacture it. We're just listening. A lot of these fruit of the spirit is a lot less us trying to do stuff and more just kind of getting out of the way and letting the spirit do what it wants to do within us. Right? It's like you see somebody, somebody told me a story about, yeah, I saw this guy on the side of the road and he was out of gas and... We kind of looked at each other, and you know that moment where you're like, ah, should I help this person or not? And uh, that's the letting the Spirit, listening to the Spirit in that kind of a moment. Am I going to listen to the Spirit and see what God's going to do with me, or am I going to go, nah, I've, I've got other things to do? And then the stretching part is, I think we get a... We can get a little, think, oh yeah, I've got my kindness checkbox maybe. You know, if I see somebody that's hungry and down and out in the corner of the street, I, it, I'm personal, I introduce myself, I get to know their name, oh, they're hungry, I'm gonna, I've got this pack of food in my backpack or in my car, or I'm going to get them some food and give it to them. All good, all helpful, but don't think that like, okay, I'm good, kindness, check, finished. This is the stretch, like, Ask the Spirit to stretch you and to have you be kind in a way that takes some courage. Oh, that, that might be a little challenging. That might cost me a little time or money or deviate too much from my plan. Look, look for those kind of things to get to grow it as opposed to just saying, yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. And then it's a muscle. It's something you got to kind of keep, keep working at. And so... Uh, the key things I'm trying to get across here is think about what kindness really is. Don't have too, too narrow a definition. And see what God's trying to do amongst us by behaving more kindly with each other, exercising kindness, right? And being creative in what that kindness might look like and looking for opportunities and then seeing what he does. I'd love to see at the, you know, maybe it's like at Christmas time. We have something like a reflection back on the 
the, the fall and we go, man, we did that series on fruit of the spirit. Look at all this fruit that came, you know, in, as a result of that. You know, see what he's going to produce in it and, and risk that he's going to do something with it as opposed to, well, yeah, I just went to church. I heard the service. It was nice and sang the songs. They were great. And then, you know, we come around in Christmas and we do the same thing over and over again, right? We should be growing. We should be getting healthier together. So I'm kind of pushing on that a little bit. Um, back to our, uh, the, the aspect of God being kind towards us. We're going to have a time of communion now. And what we're going to do in this time, what I encourage you to do is think about, reflect on God's kindness as exhibited here. So if you're not super familiar with this or need a refresher, what we're doing here is reenacting something Jesus did with his disciples right before he was crucified. So they were all having a big dinner, and he said, I've got something I need to pass on to you. It's, it's a, uh, something you enact, it's physical, something you're going to do, and there's a purpose behind it. So there's, in his time, it was bread that was broken. For us, it's a cracker that's broken, and it reminds us that God sent his son Jesus to be broken for us. He gave up his perfect body. He, he came down and met us where we were to be broken for us so that we could be redeemed and connected better with God. And then the cup represents the blood of Jesus that was shed on our behalf. So these are things God did as acts of giving us something to be kind to us. So I just encourage you during this time is to reflect on when God was kind to you or how you have detected, wow, God, you were really kind to me. Reflect on that. Think about that. And let's see how that transforms you and tell each other about these things because we all need reminding. The way it's going to work this morning is if you're in these two middle sections here and Usher will be uh, uh, releasing you row by row to come up and partake, there's a cracker you can dip in the wine. If there's somebody that needs one, there's a little one of these packet guys you can take back uh, if somebody isn't able to come up. If you're on the sides, you can come in wherever you want. If you're out in the, uh, the new location of the patio, because it's kind of tight out there, somebody will be also ushering and guiding you there. And if you're working from doing this from home, whatever you want. Um, so let me pray for us. Father, we are, we don't really know how to respond to your kindness because you've been so kind to us because we've been so, um, we're so often self-absorbed and we don't trust you very well naturally. So Lord, thank you for reaching down to us that you stoop down to make us great. Um, help us to understand that better, to appreciate your love for us in this way. And Lord, would you grow us and change us and free us in knowing your love for us. In your son's name we pray, amen.